Hey, what? Ho, oh, this is Brian. Call me the Pain Without Quarter Gardener, coming to you from the Devil's Hole, a.k.a. the, well, not the subterranean studios. I am in the uh, galley studios of the new Ramblin' Towers in scenic Hesper, Ontario. And you are listening to Ramblin' Radio, episode number 148. Um... Ramblon Radio is the original Led Zeppelin podcast, and this or any other known internets. Maybe the only one. Depends on how you consider Carol Miller's uh, Get the Lead Out for uh, as a podcast. I, I kind of don't. I think it's more radio show that they podcast as well, but I've been informed by Steve that I'm not allowed to say. Uh, by <laughs> Steve, um, Steve Sauer that I'm not allowed to say the only Led Zeppelin podcast anymore. But I am the original the oldest Led Zeppelin podcast. Uh, be sure to go to ramblonradio.com for all your Led Zeppelin news, reviews, and any links I might mention during the show. You can subscribe to Ramble on Radio through iTunes and Google Play. And if you're in iTunes or Google Play, leave a review for the podcast. It helps their algorithms find it. It helps other people find it. Um, it's also available on Podbean app at I am Brian Dammit. Podbean has their own mobile streaming app. So you can... Uh, Listen to it on the go without downloading in advance. You can listen on Stitcher Radio. Uh, and don't forget to check out Ramble on Radio on YouTube, where the last podcast made it to, and this one is also going to make it to, as it looks like. Um, also, on, follow Ramble on Radio on Facebook and at Ramble on Blog on Twitter. If you're on YouTube, you can see I'm in a different spot, and I have this beautiful picture behind me. My Led Zeppelin 40 from the uh, the Flood Gallery exhibit when the 40th anniversary of Led Zeppelin 4, about, what, what would that be, eight years ago. And uh, um, so we're in the kitchen, so, so you should know, uh, no, I don't have a Led Zeppelin poster in the kitchen. <laughs> the wife's not here, and I swapped it out for the podcast. But the thing is, for the camera, it looks nice and straight. You should see how crooked it is. It, and I had to do that. I put it straight, and then you put up the camera. You guys would have been emailing saying, straighten the picture, for God's sakes. And it was... Uh, so it's it's a funny thing. I went upstairs before I started the podcast, and I came down, and... Uh, oh, my God, look at that picture. But it is... It looks good in the camera, and that's what this is about. Okay, the intro music was... Um... Crap. What, what was it? It was from Earl's Court. How's that? It was from uh, May 18th at Earl's Court. Um, let me see if I can dig this up real quick. Yeah, Sick Again. Sorry, I'm, I just drew a complete blank on what song I had done. Sick Again from Earl's Court on May 18th. Earl's Court happened, of course, uh, 1975 on um, this, for instance. This is May the uh, 16th. So the Earl's Court shows happen this, starting tomorrow, the 17th, 18th, 19th, and then 24th and 25th. Five shows, um, kind of considered by many the the peak of Led Zeppelin uh, as performing band. Um, Physical Graffiti was out. The 75 tour had gone iffy in the States, mostly due to health reasons. Uh, but they were arrested, refreshed, and on fire in Earl's Court and probably were never as good again. Um, Lots of people think 72, even, 73, maybe even as early as 72 was really the peak before Robert Plant's voice started having issues. Um, but uh, I think for a lot of us, that kind of Earl's Court is the, it's the, 
the the tip of the it's the peak a lot because they were still a great band at that time they were still they were on fire they sounding good and they had the you know the physical graffiti repertoire as as well as you know everything up to that um or it's kind of you get 72 and you're into four albums just you don't have houses of the holy you're 73 you have houses of the holy um but by 75 you also had cashmere sick again the rover was being played um so there's a lot of um yeah 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 that that possibly their finest shows um or Lee, and certainly if you you know visually when you look at Led Zeppelin pictures and I, and I think we talked about this on the uh, anniversary of Earl's Court a couple of years ago if you look at um, pictures of Led Zeppelin um, there's a really good chance they're from Earl's Court um, they're just there's just so much visual evidence of that show and those pictures have become completely iconic it's um, yeah hold on one second here Okay, also, um, so we're starting with the in history. Let's go in history. Um, the uh, May, the 17th of May, uh, tomorrow again, Jules Holland, or John Paul Jones appeared on Jules Holland with C60. That's in 2011. Oh, boy, it doesn't seem that long ago, does it? And that was, they performed uh, Back in the Doghouse, uh, if you recall. On the 18th in 1977, the second leg of the ill-fated U.S. tour um, started, uh, went through to July. I think the th- July leg was actually third leg, wasn't it? Um, and then on the 20th in 1985, Shaken and Stirred, the Robert Plant album, would have been his third, was released. Uh, fourth was now and then, I think, right? Shaken, maybe maybe it was the fourth. Um, maybe I'm missing one in there. All right. Um, I want to get on. I got a lot of stuff today uh, because I got prepared. <laughs> Not like last week. Um, and what I decided was I missed such a big block of period of time that I was going to... Um, I, I was going to kind of backtrack. Be, just because of the 50th anniversary and so much happened that you would qualify as anniversary-wise. You know, I... I like a lot of people, I tend to do the celebrations and the fives and the zeros. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm coughing and sniffing all of a sudden. Um, so, I've decided to go back and miss what we've missed from January in. Um, but there's been some stories, more modern stories as well, that we kind of I kind of touched on one or two of them last week, but, the, you know, I had no details. I was just, like I said, last week I was just flying with it. Um, thanks, by the way. Lots of people commented. Um, lots of few. You know, um, how much they actually enjoyed last week. Um, uh, considering I was off the cuffing, it I, I was a bit surprised by that and uh, appreciative. Um, almost everybody also said, "Hope you're well." Something to that effect. So I wanted to address that. I am well. Um, nothing. I was not m- missing for six months because there was anything wrong. Um, if anything, it was the opposite. Things were just going really good, and I got into a kind of comfortable place and um, just stopped doing this, you know, just because I'm yeah, putting my feet up. Um, yeah, it's funny. I retired last year, and 
you kind of think, oh boy, I'll have time to do two a week. Um, matter of fact, my daughter had said, you should do a podcast about just music, 70s, 80s music, you know, and sto- stories of other bands. And Led Zeppelin. Year, two, three years ago she said this. And I always thought, maybe when I retire, yeah, maybe I'll do that. Um, there's not a chance. I don't have the time. Um, but beyond that, you kind of, you kind of get into a mode where you relax a bit, where you let up a little bit. Um, funny, I said to my wife last week, or I said to a friend last week, and then repeated it to my wife. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so busy. I, how did I do all this when I was working? Is I must have not slept. I must, and my wife said, that's correct. You didn't. You didn't sleep. Um, so kind of when you retire, you your body says, okay, we're going to sleep down. We're going to re- relax a little. And, I, and that, if anything... Um, that is what happened. Um, other than just, you know, I, I got out of the habit as, as much as anything, I actually think. But no, th- nothing is wrong. Nothing was wrong. Um, life is good. Um, everything is, well, you know, you know, there's days, but I have a 21-year-old son. It's never perfect with a 21-year-old around. They They have drama. But nothing, you know, yeah. Not nothing for you to worry about. Um, let's put it that way. It's yeah, everything's good. So I wanted to address that. Thank you all for your concern. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's everything's good. If you're in, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing my computer. I'm trying to find the right spot for my computer. Um, all right. So here's some stories that we missed in the last little while. Um, Start. Let's start with uh, and in random order. It's kind of in the order I thought of them. Um, the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Play It Loud Instruments of Rock and Roll Exhibition uh, opened on April eighth. This is um, and I'm gonna make it down to New York. As I told my wife, there's a trip to New York this summer. It's going until September, and it has it's like a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame kind of exhibit. It's got instruments of all sorts of people. It's got Keith Emerson's um, synthesizer. It's got a Beatles drum kit. Um, there's some Pete Towns and stuff. There's also, they've put together a huge, massive collection, including a very strong Jimmy Page collection. Jimmy Page was actually featured in a video um, playing Stairway to Heaven with his double neck guitar um, on, for this, for the exhibit, a promotional video that they put out. But also features a number of his instruments, including his number one Les Paul, uh, or what the, you know, what the guitar geeks call his number one. The one you're used to seeing, Sunburst 50s, uh, the one he got from Joe Walsh, I believe, um, is considered his, there's two kind of, of those guitars, the Sunburst guitars, there's a one and a two. And then if you pay attention to the pictures, there's also one with a red tinge. But he had one and two, and then um, he also had one called the Black Beauty, which was stolen in 1970, 69 or 70 in uh, either Seattle or Vancouver. I'm never quite sure. And it was actually returned to him in a couple of years ago. Um, and it has the Black Beauty. It has his number one. It has the double neck. Um, they have one of his acoustics. They have a dragon suit. Matter of fact, the double neck is a like a mannequin of Jimmy Page in the dragon suit playing, holding it back, uh, Jimmy style. Um... um so it's, you know, if you're in New York it, this summer, that should be a, a visit for you, just to see Jimmy's guitars. And my understanding is there's a lot of stuff in this exhibit. It's a big exhibit. It'll take you a few hours to get through. And um, 
Um, one or two people I know who've been phenomenal, just phenomenal, is what they are saying. So uh, that's on my list to do this summer, and I will definitely, um, definitely report back when I go. But I'm, I'm, you know, if you're going, if you're in New York, if you're close to New York, or if you're going to New York, or if you're thinking of going to New York, there's one you should do. Okay, this one came, this comes directly from, I should say, I kind of jumped into uh, LedZeppelinNews.com, and uh, James is one of the people who emailed me, by the way, um, from LedZeppelinNews.com. Um, so, um, he, he, but this one comes direct, this is a direct lift. Everything else I kind of went back to remember uh, the story, but this was more of a direct lift from his site. So from LedZeppelinNews.com, Jimmy Page will release a signed limited edition book this year. Jimmy Page, the anthology, will be released through Genesis Publications. No further details on the book or release date have been provided. So it's a second Jimmy Page book. Uh, the first one, if you remember, uh, Jimmy Page by Jimmy Page came out on Genesis. It was several thousand dollars. I think there was a signed limited edition, then there was a regular edition and um but they were you know extremely high. i think it was 1500 or 4000 or something outrageously high money for a book which is what genesis does by the way they um they sell really high level books um two or three years later it came out <clears throat> in a really nice edition actually very good very well done very high quality paper um, for only $40 which is um which is actually a pretty good deal um, for again, for the size and quality of the book, um, forty dollars was the, the, it was good paper. It was uh, photographic paper. It was a thick hard cover. It was well. It was a good size. And that stuff costs money. That is material. The material costs money. So forty dollars was not an outrageous price for Jimmy Page by Jimmy Page when it finally came out. So. Um, so now the new one, the anthology, no idea what it's going to be in it, what uh, presumably more pictures and stuff, because it's kind of what Genesis specializes in anyway, is picture books. Um, I, I make it sound like they're children's books. They're not. They're high-end. It, it's very odd. They do a lot of uh, British artists, British musicians of the era specifically, and uh, but they're always high quality. Quite often there's a, a high number of pictures, so... Okay, there was a couple of Robert Plant stories. Now, I have not written this down. John Paul Jones did a couple of dates, did a date last week or two weeks ago with one of those um, avant-garde bands. Uh, this was the second, and there was something else in the early spring um, he did, um, a jazz band or something, but I forget. But uh, I, I don't have those details, but uh, know that John Paul Jones has been seen. <clears throat> now, Robert for Robert Plant... We have a Record Store Day release. Um, I pointed out last year that uh, for Record Store Day, um, I picked up the Sonny Boy Williamson, um, and it's had Jim featured after I kind of had it in my hand, so I'm going to buy this. Uh, I noticed it had Jimmy Page's name on the cover. And there was a book called, there was this, an album, uh, the session years or something like that was called or the early sessions early Jimmy Page early sessions and it had a picture of him from Led Zeppelin um, I think I have a copy maybe maybe and that is the Sonny Boy Williams sessions and those of course appeared um, reappeared as 
um, this new album. So it's an album that's been around a while. It's just kind of got a re retouch, I guess. But Robert Plant also released an album on uh, Record Store Day. It was Fate of Nations. It was a vinyl release, limited to 6,000 copies worldwide, featured updated artwork. I have not seen it. Um, nobody around here seemed to have one, or at least certainly didn't have one by the time I got to the store. Um, I have not. I was digging through Steve Hoffman forum last night, looking to see what people had to say about it. Nobody kind of had anything to say. No, there was no. I couldn't find anything anyway. Uh, about the quality of it, whether it's um, and these guys are audiophiles who really care, um, who really get weird about their quality. But and, and I say that in a good way, I suppose. But um, I mean, there are guys who, you know, one in three albums they buy aren't good enough, and they send back um, that sort of thing. Uh, I kind of like where you buy any records, but they're just they're so fussy that, oh, there's a, a weird noise in there, I'm not buying it, or um, the one I always found odd was out of center, the uh, hole was not, it wasn't centered properly, the hole wasn't centered properly, and I think I have a single album, That's and I, and I guess I probably do, i just unaware of it, um, I'm trying to turn, the, there we go, how's that guys on YouTube, got some sun coming in from my left, um, which is, is making the picture on YouTube a little, uh, but making the reason I'm in this kitchen is I'm beside a big window and it's a beautiful sunny day. Um, okay, and then I mentioned last week that Robert Plant had a new band he had been out about with, and and I had no details whatsoever uh, other than they did some shows. Um, the new band was called Saving Grace. It had Susie Dean on vocals, Tony Kelsey a guitar and mandolin, Matt Worley on banjo and guitar, and percussionist Oli Jefferson. Um, they did a like a show, a surprise show, and then they did uh, three or four shows opening up for Fairport Convention at the end of January. And that has been all we've heard from Saving Grace. He's back out on the road in the very near future with uh, Sensational Space Shifter. So it may have just been a throw together. Uh, let's have some fun. Uh, like I said last week, it, it was very similar to a Band of Joy style band, Americana. Like I say, mandolin and banjo. <laughs> Two guitars, but mandolin and banjo. A female singer. Um, so you kind of get a gist of the sort of thing they were doing. I don't have a set list. I was looking for it last night. Did not find it. So I can't uh, authoritatively say what they were and were not playing. Um, apologies for that, but uh, but that's the band, and that's uh, and it seems like it's uh, yeah maybe it's yeah he did he did one in Texas a little while back. Everybody thought oh, maybe this is Grand Torino, right? And um, everybody kind of thought maybe it's something new. And then he you know he went back to say so every once in a while he throws something together for uh, one or three gigs, and uh, I guess I guess that's part of what he's doing these days. Uh, get that band of joy feeling out of his bones and uh, see where it goes. All right. So this is this is stuff I missed. Um, from uh, the last couple of months, uh, from January first on, these are the st really it's stuff that happened in '69 or 2009. How's that grab him? Um, but it's the stuff that's kind of 50, 45, 35 years, that sort of thing. 
uh, and there's a lot coming up through the year, right? There's Nebworth, there's uh, In Through the Outdoor, there's The Honey Drippers, was 84. Um, of course, Led Zeppelin 2 is coming. Um, so there's there's more coming. I'm going to open something here, by the way, if I can. Um, F, uh, Zeppelin. Well, I shouldn't be doing this, should I? Um, yeah. Episode 63, I think, we're going to find. Episode 63, uh, I talk about Led Zeppelin 1. So I, and I bring that up. That was when the remaster was done. It was episode 63. It was in June of... Uh, oh, and do you know what? It's below the upload line. June of 2004. Um, yeah, I have an upload line on my computer that's designed to tell me when uh, where everything that's loaded up. Um, so I'm going to try and remember, I will upload episode 63 as well for you uh, in the next couple of days. The problem with that is if you subscribe, you will get it like a new podcast, like a new episode. And I just want to kind of get the files. If, if I could just load the files in, they would all be up by now. Oh, God, I hope I still have it. I had a major computer crash. Uh, oh, well. if I can do it, I'll do it. I think I do. I think I backed up to that stage. But, uh, and at that point, I talked a lot about Led Zeppelin 1 and the quality of it and the surprise of it. And um, uh, I talked about starting with good times, bad times, um, and how how it's, um, it's a song in the key of E, but they, they or sorry, it's a song in the key of A, but they started off in E. Uh, which is the fifth, which is, is um, kind of, that's a power chord, and the A and E is a power chord, so when you're in the key, so it's a, it's a real kick. Um, when it finally sol- resolves into, into an A, it's a bit of a kick um, when you realize what's gone on. You know, it's E, D, E, D, and then it doesn't settle into the A until the chorus. Um, so it, it's a very um, authoritative piece. Um, and it's a it's a hell of a way to start a, a recording career. <laughs> That's, I, that, and that was kind of the point, I think, of my articles. Oh, I just eliminated myself. So, um, so I wanted to mention that because it was it came out. It's of course been the fifty years on June seventeenth of Led Zeppelin one. And now normally we would have sat here and I would have gone over. But I'm not going to. And all I'm pointing out is, I think, that I, what did I say, 68, um, episode 68, is I have talked in extensive, extensively at that time about Led Zeppelin 1. And, uh, uh, but, you know, it, it's quite an, a bang-up release um, for a first album, for an album that was thrown together. And, and that's, and probably the most remarkable thing is the band had been together a few months 
the um, uh, John Bonham was this complete unknown who kind of stepped in with these two very big known guys and yet uh, is not shy about his playing does not kind of pull out the brushes and sit back and find his place um, you know Chris Hadfield has a uh, if you've ever read Chris Hadfield the astronauts book he, he talks about um, in life whatever you do in life you're a plus or minus or a, or a net zero um, are you contributing are you taking away or are you and he talks about <clears throat> kind of his first mission into space his goal was to be a net zero don't be a negative that's um, if, if you know find your feeding <clears throat> so it's not unusual f <clears throat> for instance if you're in a new job to for the first couple of months you're kind of a net zero um, don't cause trouble don't be a negative don't be a net negative don't do a stupid mistake but you're not jumping out in the lead on stuff you're not being a positive yet and then as time goes on you become a positive or you become a negative and they get rid of you but that's another story um, and and so that's you know you're kind of thinking a guy like John Bonham Robert Plant was probably a bit of a uh, um, more of a neutral figure as much as a lead singer could be a neutral figure on that first album he doesn't jump out at it and do any he's not really the net positive till the second or third album really wouldn't you say uh, but John Bonham right off the get go is very much a net positive very much pushing this band forward very much takes the reins um, and it's a very it's so it's an interesting um, it's an interesting dynamic that's created almost right off the bat from their first album um, that's the most impressive thing about it to me is, is how cohesive how you know, babe, I'm going to leave you, and it's too dazed and confused. To it's there's it's a really unique sounding album. It's got a lot of different stuff coming at you, and these guys have been together a month and a half when they recorded it, and recorded it in 18 hours or something like that. So that's what I would have said if I was doing this in the end of January. That's the kind of podcast you would have got. <laughs> so other stuff, though, that came up. Um, um, on the second and uh, second of January, there were three shows at the Whiskey Go Go. It was the first, and then on the ninth at the Fillmore West. So that's L.A. and San Francisco. Um, and they they kind of blew away um, all all those shows. Uh, the, and then I'm going to put that, I'm going to jump a bit. On the thirty first of January, they did two nights at the Fillmore East in New York. The first night of which they blew Iron Iron Butterfly off the stage. Um, they were opening for Iron Butterfly, and it was I read something just in the last few weeks, and I don't remember who who the quote is from. I think Robert Plant, but it could be Jimmy Page, could even be John Paul Jones. But I, somewhere in the back of my brain, I think it's Robert Plant, and he says it's amazing how fast it went early on. Uh, looking back, it, it, it's, it seemed just natural at the time, but looking back, it's amazing how fast things happen. That um, Nobody knew who they were at the end of January. They, or at the beginning of January, nobody knew who they were. They were this brand new band. Um, and by the end of the month, they were opening for Iron Butterfly, and Iron Butterfly didn't want to go on. And that's, um, that's the fact, Jack. That's what happened. The second night of those two shows, Iron Butterfly did not want to go on with Led Zeppelin. And that was one of those defining moments. But the the Fillmore and the Whiskey were part of that. 
um, building, you know, when the first album was released on the 17th, um, it already had quite a following. A lot of that had to do with those shows at the Whiskey and the Fillmore. Um, as well as some radio stations we've been pre-playing, um, particularly one in Boston, I think, had been pre-playing some cuts from the album. So, uh, uh, and then on the 20th of January, um, the the rumored Wheaton, Texas show um, was, uh, was, well, happened or didn't happen. Um, there's a film out called Led Zeppelin Played Here. Um, I do have a story about the filmmaker who I contacted when it first came out and said, oh, you know, I'd like to see it. I'll talk about it on my podcast. And he basically gave me a snarly, you know, I will check out your podcast and decide if you're worthy. And I, you know, you know what? Whatever. Never heard back from him and don't care. Um, so I've never really promoted this movie since because um, he didn't seem to want the promotion. Um, so, uh, so, um, and, and you know what? It, it's get, occasionally gets. I do follow the filmmaker on Facebook, and occasionally there's a premiere of it somewhere, or showing of it, but it's very rarely actually. And uh, yeah, I've, I've never, I've not had anybody contact me saying they saw it. Uh, you know, I kind of at the time said, "Hey, well, if you want to go see it, let me know how it is." But I won't be going out of my way to see it. And um, um. Nobody ever has, so I don't know how many people have actually seen it. But the film is called Led Zeppelin Played Here, and it is about, it is investigating whether, in fact, they ever played this show in Wheaton, Texas, on the 20th of January, 1969. Um, nobody seems to know. Nobody seems to know. It's not on official itinerary. Nobody can find tickets, but there is promotional material for the show. And uh, asked, I think, members of Led Zeppelin have been asked over time, and Okay, I said I don't really remember. Uh, so it's a funny little story, and and if you've seen the movie, let me know. Um, I'm not anti the movie. If the movie came to my town, I would go see it. If it was on Netflix, I would watch it, uh, and I wish he would get it on Netflix. But uh, uh, yeah, funny. He also did a, a movie called uh, Heavy Metal Parking Lot. It was basically looking at uh, heavy metal in the '80s, and he he kind of before show was talking to people in the parking lots of shows and stuff never seen it but it's the one that seems to be the biggest movie in his um, profile and and he still talks about it uh, quite regularly on his page so um, yeah I don't know he's not promoted this movie as much as you would hope I think Um, but yeah if you've seen it let me know I'd love to hear alright getting into 2009 actually in February the 8th and 10th well the 8th um Robert Plant and Alison Krauss won five Grammys for Raising Sand, including Album of the Year. That was uh, 10 years ago, this last February. Um, and on the 10th, It Might Get Loud, the movie featuring uh, uh, Jimmy Page, Jack White, and The Edge, and kind of getting together and playing guitar and talking about themselves as guitar players, uh, premiered at the Berlin International Film Festival. Um, I absolutely... You know, I think I think I did. I know I wrote about it on the podcast or on the blog. I don't know if I was doing the podcast at that time, but I might have been. 
I don't think so. I don't think so. So I don't think I've ever actually talked about that movie. But quite a good movie. Um, so, and then we move on to March. That was February. March, we're back to 1969. The first uh, Top Gear session for BBC was recorded on April 3rd, 1969. Uh, on the 21st, they recorded a communication breakdown for the TV show, How Late It Is. Both that first session and, and the communication breakdown appear on the BBC sessions. Um, that's part of the recorded au revoir of the, uh, of the band. And, uh, and then finally, on the 24th of January, 1969, they kicked off their second North, North American tour at the Winterland, Winterland Ballroom. Winterland Ballroom was owned by the same guy who owned the Fillmore's East and West, uh, Bill Graham. Um, their last show in the United States in 1977 was put on by Bill Graham. They had a relationship with Bill Graham right through to the end. Uh, although the last shows, um, there was an incident that uh, soured that relationship permanently. But here they are, sort of. Now, the Winterland, the Winterland was a bigger room, my understanding, a much bigger room than the uh, Fillmore. So you can see the second tour, the first album's out, the first album's starting to sell, and the second tour is a bigger tour. Um, and, of course, by the end of the year, they're kind of, you know, like, well, not the end of the year, but the beginning of the next year, they have moved up to the, you know, 14,000-seat hockey arena shows. Um you know, by yeah, by 1970, it's it's the Bath Festival. They're headlining the Bath Festival, and they're playing at Madison, or at, yeah, probably Madison Square Garden. Certainly playing Maple Leaf Gardens in 1970. Um, so it's you know, it, it 1969 is a real growth year for the band, um, and we'll talk a lot about that this year uh, as the podcast goes along. Um, all right, I have a blank from the collection, so I'm gonna I'm gonna improvise real fast on this. So if you're on YouTube, um, behind me is the picture, <laughs> which I've already talked about. For, I should see I should have waited to tell you the whole story about the uh, being crooked and stuff. Um, four at forty from the Flood Gallery. They had a bunch of posters. If you remember, they had eight posters representing each song on the fourth album. Plus, they had this, which was the basically the promotional for the show um, it was the one I liked best <laughs> it was uh, you could buy them they were not that expensive it was 25 pounds or something and at the time um, the um, Canadian dollar was strong I'm for those who don't know for those who are new I'm in Canada and uh, the Canadian dollar was fairly strong at the time uh, and, and so it's against the British pound, which I think was a little weak at the time, um, that uh, I was getting an exchange rate of about a buck fifty. So twenty-five pounds was forty dollars, which is not outrageous. Nowadays, um, it's it's up back up over two, which kind of traditionally it's been. Um, you know, if you look at the history of the Canadian versus British pound, you know, it's probably two and change um, as high as 280 in my lifetime I remember it um, that's kind of n the normal um, so at two you know 240 250 at 25 pounds this is now 60 bucks plus shipping and it's one of the reasons I don't I haven't picked up a lot of Dave Lewis's newer material it costs too much it, but 
when you throw shipping in and the exchange rate, um, it's no longer really a, a reasonable uh, price here in Canada. And that's not a, to, to bag on Dave or to bag on any, that's just the way it is. It's, they're selling it at, you know, 40 pounds. He's got a book out and he's selling it for 40 pounds, which is a reasonable price. That's the price of, you know, a couple of record albums. Um, but for me, that's a hundred dollar book. That's a hundred and change dollar book. Um, whereas a couple of years ago it was sixty sixty dollars, which you know you can kind of go, okay, I'll swallow that and buy the book. But at a hundred dollars, it's it becomes oh, I think I think you know when I, when I looked at the um, uh, and this is a real tangent, isn't it? When I looked at the Earl's Court book he did a couple of years back, uh, it was going to cost me somewhere in the neighborhood of one hundred forty dollars to get it here, and. Uh, so it just never happened. It just it didn't. Um, so um, so anyway, this is yeah from the flood gallery. This is a poster, uh, and uh, if anybody wants it, it's for sale. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing that, but um, yeah, it's I actually we moved and have a smaller house, and I don't have the room for it. So if if you actually want it, contact me. Uh, it's not for sale particularly, but I would be um, I would be prepared to part with it if somebody really wanted it. Um, that's it. Let's let's leave it on that note. That uh, I don't know. If that's an up note or down note or sour note or that capitalistic note. Um, that's it for Ramble on Radio episode one forty eight. Check rambleonradio.com for notes on this week's podcast, Led Zeppelin news reviews, and any links I might mention in today's podcast. Um, follow you can follow Ramble on Radio on Facebook and at Ramble on Blog on Twitter. You can subscribe to Ramble on Radio through iTunes and Google Play. If you're in iTunes, if you're in Google Play, leave a review for Ramble on Radio. It helps. The more reviews, the more their algorithms find the podcast when they do a search. It's just, it gives you credit. doesn't matter if it's a good review. doesn't matter if it's a bad review. I don't really look at them. I have done so once or twice. You know, bored one night um, and was very pleasantly surprised by the reviews, but... Um, you know, you're kind of not doing it for me. It's not for my um, um, support, or uh, I, I don't know the right word I'm looking for. But you know, you're not uh, you're not pumping me up. Um, if you're in Britain or the states, as a matter of fact, it's a big issue. Me trying to see because uh, iTunes separates you by country. I'm in Canada, and then you go. So when I look at reviews. I, I will only get the Canadian reviews, and I have to tell iTunes I'm in I'm in America, um, which it accepts with no problem. But it, and then I see the American reviews, and so if you're in Spain, I'll, I I wouldn't see it anyway. Um, I wish there was a way to see them all like that. They should really make that possible for us guys, but but it doesn't work that way. So I I really won't see it. It's Apple iTunes will see it, or Google Play will see it, and they will. Uh, it helps other people. Basically, when their algorithms have an easier time finding the podcast, it rates it higher. That's what it does. So it'll help other people find the podcast. When other people search for Led Zeppelin and iTunes, uh, oh, a podcast. Um, you can listen on Stitcher Radio. Uh, Stitcher has their own app. You can you can um, uh, stream it then in your car or whatever. You can download it from uh, I Am Brian at Dammit on Podbean. And Podbean also has their own app. And you can stream or download um, from directly from that. <clears throat> and you can check Ramble on Radio on YouTube, which um, 
this will be on. This is going to be uh, on it. Uh, and that's it for Ramble on Radio. We're, we're going to close out with the latter half of Sick Again from May something. May 18th, 1975, Earl's Court.